something confronting happens to me or challenging happens to me, believe me, the first place I want to go is back in my shell to protect myself and to avoid all those really uncomfortable, but quite frankly, unavoidable moments that are not there to test me. The universe does not test you. No one's up there. I've talked about this in a past podcast. I think it was called The Universe Is Not Testing You. Um... No one's up there with a little checkbook and, and saying, right, we're going to throw them a, a curveball now. Or why is the universe testing me? Please get that out of your vernacular. No one is testing you. This is just part of the human experience. It's not all going to be roses and sunshine. Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Hello, beautiful Light Path family. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I am so happy to be joining you here in this capacity. And today's episode is... Another one of those episodes that has been a long time in the making and ultimately it's a well-being or maybe spiritual little hack. I think one of the most or the biggest tool in my belt is being able to reframe things. So as life goes along, I think people want to jump on the spiritual path or learn a lot more about themselves with the intention of actually avoiding a lot of what life is here to teach us. But ultimately, great things are going to happen to us, really shit things are going to happen to us, really opportune things are going to happen to us, and sometimes we're going to feel really cheated out of things. And so the idea of a spiritual path or a spiritual practice isn't necessarily to be Buddha on the top of the mountain, unaffected by anything in the world. It's actually about being in the nitty gritty of life and actually expanding as a result of everything that happens, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as opposed to cowering because of it. And I'm speaking to you as a woman that is a cancer son, and oh my gosh, I love that crab shell. Um, when something confronting happens to me or challenging happens to me, believe me, the first place I want to go is back in my shell to protect myself and to avoid all those really uncomfortable, but quite frankly, unavoidable moments that are not there to test me. The universe does not test you. No one's up there. I've talked about this in a past podcast. I think it was called The Universe Is Not Testing You. Um no one's up there with a little checkbook and, and saying, right, we're going to throw them a, a curveball now. Or why is the universe testing me? Please get that out of your vernacular. No one is testing you. This is just part of the human experience. It's not all going to be roses and sunshine. And so the intention behind spiritual practice is actually just to get to know yourself really, really well, to see everything as an opportunity for growth, as opposed to being so fragile that it knocks us over. Now, quite frankly, we're all really fragile. We're all really vulnerable. 
that is a life. But here we get to learn the tools and the skills and the opportunities to grow and learn and become more of ourselves as opposed to doing what I would love to do a lot of the times and sneak back in my little shell and almost put noise cancelling headphones on and la 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 pretend like it isn't happening. And so today I want to reframe something that every single one of us has probably experienced and every single one of us will continue to experience it in our lives and that is rejection. So that whole aspect of not being chosen or being um, unselected, I guess, in life. It is going to happen to all of us in every single aspect of our lives. So today in this episode, I want to talk through how we can really groundedly, not delulily, but like really groundedly reframe rejection so it doesn't impact on our sense of self like the ego would have it do so. So when we are stung by rejection, Part of that is often our ego really feeling like we are absolutely not good enough or we are absolutely undesirable and all those things because the ego, remember, the ego's entire psyche, personality, the ego's whole swagger is to keep us safe and secure And we feel safe and secure as humans when we are accepted. Rejection, obviously, is the opposite to that. So whenever we experience rejection, our ego is going to be on fire. It is going to be really, really triggered. And that is okay. And this is why when we have the ability to know ourselves really, really well, that we can quickly reframe rejection in a way that is measured, in a way that is grounded, in a way that actually serves us to move forward with the added layers that are totally normal and natural part of the human experience. The disappointment, the sadness, um, feeling like that is such a shame, feeling left out, feeling like you're not accepted. Reframing rejection isn't necessarily a tool to avoid those things because these are very valid, normal human emotions and experiences. That isn't necessarily the goal here, but it's to not make rejection affect the view of ourselves and affect who it is that we are. So the first way I like to reframe rejection in any capacity is to remember that rejection is just a form of redirection. Now, have that in your psyche. Rejection is redirection. Rejection is redirection. Now, I think that when you're not really connected to the ebbs and flows of the cycles of nature and you don't trust wholeheartedly that when one door closes, a thousand windows will open or that when one door closes for us, it is for a very good reason that we may never know or it may take a really long time to find out. But the more 
in inverted commas, spiritual I am, the more I know that whenever I get a no from somebody or something, it's for a really good reason that I just don't have or don't need the answer to in that moment. So in business, for example, doing this podcast, let's just use this podcast for an example, all the guests that come on. So a lot of people will approach me and ask to be a guest on the podcast. And if I feel like it's a vibe, it's the right fit. I'm more than happy to have people on. I absolutely love that. I just love someone that gives it, gives it a go. <laughs> Anyone that reaches out already has a place in my heart, right? Cause I love a battler. I love someone that just puts it out there and gives it a go. Um, but I also do approach people to be on the podcast, maybe people that I've worked with in the past or people that I really admire, people that I followed for a really long time. And I, and I just think it would be such an amazing opportunity to connect with them in this way, to share their wisdom with you. But so within that, there is a lot of rejection. There are a lot of people that give you a no or give you a yes. And then it turns into a no because of scheduling or them just not holding up their end of the bargain. So for example, I've had guests booked in and some of these guests are like really famous and I'm sitting here waiting for them to jump on the call because everything has been organized and they just decide on the day that they're not going to do it. And it just, it just is like a gut punch because of all the work that goes into it. And then, of course, it's so easy for me to go down the rabbit hole. Oh, my podcast isn't good enough. They don't think I'm good enough. All that kind of stuff. So all of that stuff can be triggered when it comes up. But I swear, every single time that has happened, I have always found out in the long run how much that redirection was so important. Either I find someone way better than them to talk about similar topics and it's way more aligned and the conversation was 20 times better than I could imagine or I find out something about that person later on that I'm like oh my gosh I'm so glad I did not promote them or I did not put them out there and so that redirection I don't know necessarily at the time so when I when those figures of being rejected are you know basically poked at in the moment I just softly remind myself that rejection is redirection so if you're going for something if you're applying for something if you're approaching a person for a personal or professional thing and it's a no just literally remember that when a door closes a thousand windows open and that door is just not for you and it usually has nothing to do with you that people aren't making the decision based on you they're making the decision based upon themselves and that brings me to my second reframe of rejection that to have to remember that whenever you feel rejected that it's just one person's one person's preference that's it it's one person's preference in that moment and what is affecting somebody's preference in that moment are so many compounding factors none of which usually have absolutely anything to do with you have you been in an experience where you've had to say higher stuff you are going through the employment process from the side of the table of the employer or if you haven't been in that position just imagine what that is like 
you have a stack of CVs that you have to literally flick through. You can't sit there and dive into them because there's no time. So you're flicking through. So you're choosing people on the basis of that. So all of a sudden on the floor, there is this pile of CVs that are immediately rejected. And then you have to sit in on interviews and you're meeting a lot of different people. Those people have no idea what our criteria is and really what it is that I as the employer are looking for. They don't know the compounding factors that I'm considering in terms of the role, in terms of the people they'll be working with, that will be a fit for that. And so the decision-making process of someone's preference has nothing to do with you personally. And so next time you're in that position, just remember that rejection is just, I'm just not the right fit at that moment, at that time, which loops me back to my first reframing that rejection is just redirection. I'm just being redirected to something else. How I'm sure many of us have been in a situation where you didn't get something or even someone, let's just say, you didn't get something and that was perfect because that made you available for something else. Or the flip side, that you chose something or someone and you could see that that decision actually meant that you had to reject other opportunities that were maybe better suited for you. But ultimately, when you feel rejected by somebody, Just know that their preference in that moment does not determine your worth. Your worthiness is already a given. You already hold it. It does not reflect your capacity, your skill level or your desirability. But how often do we go straight into it? And in our minds and in our emotional bodies, make it all about that and so much more. We make it all about our worthiness, our our desirability or our capacity or our skill set not being enough. And here is where rejection can actually form us into a person that A, we never intended nor wanted to be because we become protective like I talk about going back into my shell or we are determined to overcompensate to basically become something that I never intended to be because of someone's preference. I'll tell you a really personal story. In my early 20s, I was living in London. As many of you know, I lived over there for for a number of years. And um, I was out one night with some girlfriends and I met this guy on the dance floor at 3 a.m. So you know where this story is going. Nowhere good. And anyway, I didn't really like him, if I'm really honest. Um, But he asked me for my number. I gave it. We went out on a date. He was really nice. Like there was nothing wrong with him. But to be quite honest, I just wasn't feeling it. Right. And so it became like this standing joke with my flatmates that every time I would go out and meet up with this guy for a drink or a dinner, because he was like full on wooing me and courting me. Right. So he was pulling out all the stops. So it was kind of like 
so nice at one hand, even though if I was really honest with myself, it just, I just wasn't feeling it. And so it became this joke where they'll be like, did you tell him? Did you break it off? And I'll be like, no, I didn't do it. Because I was clearly just not um, in a position to reject him. Um, I find, I think rejecting is also really hard, by the way, when you, when someone doesn't want that. Anyway, that's a whole nother story for another day. Um, and so this went on for months and I ended up in this full on relationship with this guy. And of course, the more you spend time with someone, then I did form an attachment to him. Well, you know, as Murphy's law would have it, as soon as I formed an attachment to him, he actually, um, started to make comments about my body and he actually suggested at one point that I should join a gym. So clearly he wasn't that impressed with what my body looked like. Anyway, so I just remember being quite like taken aback by that and in my mind thinking, I'm not even attracted to you and you're telling me I have to go and join a gym? Like what? Um, and so as time went on at about the six month mark, I went on a little trip an amazing trip to Italy with some of my friends and my sister. And when I came back, he broke the news to me that he had caught up with his ex-girlfriend and that he was leaving me for her. And I was a bit like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Quite frankly, I was like, oh, thank God. Um, I didn't have to reject him. Um, yep, you got some t-shirts in my drawer over there. So yeah, on your way, mate. I, this is no problem for me. But what stung me was the fact that not that he in inverted commas, rejected me because I didn't care about that, but that he rejected the way I looked by telling me to join a gym. So after he did that, I joined a gym and I actually went on this big um, running crusade and I became this runner and I loved it. But that rejection spurred me. Yes, on the surface, it was really healthy. Obviously, that, that was a healthy decision to make for my life. But I became this person that I never intended nor quite frankly desired to be. I was never thinking of my own accord. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to become really fit and really skinny. Um, but what drove me was just this idea that um, perhaps I was rejected because of the way I looked. And that I think has triggered something in me that still is with me today. Like it's triggered something really deep down. And so that rejection had really, you know, that was his preference. It had nothing to do with me. How I looked had nothing to do with him. But that rejection triggered something in me and made me basically consider myself as something that I wasn't. And I made decisions around that, that actually in hindsight, I can see how that massively damaged my health. Unbeknownst to me, I had an autoimmune disease. The way I was working out, the way I was eating was the last thing I should have been doing. But it all came down to that sense of rejection and so rejection has more to do with our intention for ourselves and doing things out of that than anything else and I can see now in hindsight how it totally knocked me off my track and now older wiser I can see that we can never be rejected ever 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 when we are truly being authentic because when we're being authentically ourselves, the rejection really does become or manifests as redirection. So to recap, <laughs> if we go into the whys behind the perceived rejection that we're experiencing, 
we'll go crazy. The whys are usually the ego trying to kind of soothe the sting or the hit to its sense of self, its worthiness and its desire for what it wants. So whilst I didn't want a relationship with this man, the fact that he made a comment about my body and I felt rejected because of that was a real hit to my sense of self, a real hit to my worthiness and my perceived desirability and a real hit towards what I wanted, which was a beautiful, loving, supportive relationship, not with him, but with someone else. And it turned me into this person that, like I said, I had never really intended to be. So what if we helped our ego out a little bit when it came to rejection? Not deny it, but helped it. Because like I said, we're, we're still going to get those pings and those triggers and that's okay. So here are four quick ways or reframes, because that's what we're doing. We're reframing rejection that you can have in your back pocket to pull out next time you do get triggered in this way. One, rejection is just redirection. Rejection is just reorganizing. So you're reorganizing your perception of self, your priorities, anything around that. Three, rejection is rejuvenation. (laughs) So for example, I was rejected from this guy that wasn't great for me. So here was my chance to level up. If I could sit my 23-year-old self down, I would say, you're beautiful, but yeah, maybe your body doesn't look at its strongest and most vital. What do you feel like doing? What do you feel like taking on? How do you feel like caring for yourself as opposed to throwing myself into it as a reaction to the rejection? I wish I had responded to the rejection. And lastly, That rejection does not mean you are not worthy. And I think that's the biggest one. So always watching out for how rejection is actually eating away at your worthiness. And to know that you have ultimate supreme control over that. Because rejection is just someone's personal preference at that time that usually has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with them and where they're at in that moment nothing to do with your worthiness so i'll repeat those four things one more time rejection is redirection rejection is an opportunity to reorganize rejection is rejuvenation and rejection has nothing to do with your worthiness Oh my gosh, as always, if you have anything to add to this conversation, because this is just my perception, so there is so much more that could be added or any tips or tricks that you use to reframe rejection as you're going through it to really nurture and support your ego as opposed to being totally taken over by it or to deny it because I think denying it is just as bad just to tell yourself that you're not affected by it, like kind of I did. 
I would love to hear it. Go onto the Facebook community, the Light Path community, and share your tips and tricks around rejection so that we can all benefit from it. Because like I said, these are just mine, but you probably have way better ones than me. And I would absolutely love to add them to my tool bag. But for now, as always, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Light Path podcast. I have loved talking through this. Uh, It feels cathartic for me, and hopefully it's enlightened something in you and freed you, I guess, from that ping that pain that rejection can so easily cause and until we meet next time as always I am just sending you so much love and light and a simple reminder that you are more than worthy of anything in your heart and in your soul that you desire sending you so much love as you walk your path of light Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss